The big mistake they make too, if they say to me, oh, I did my research, you find out that they talk to their friends. So they talk to their family and it's like, well, they're not going to buy from you. So you know, <laughs> they're telling you with love, they're telling you what they want to hear, but you need to hear from the people who are going to buy from you. Podcast. I'm your host, business mentor and personal brand strategist on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people daily to take action, do something different and show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Are you one of my five a day? Please keep all your messages and reshares on social media saying that you've been inspired by something that you heard on the podcast. Keep them coming. It makes my day and completely makes the guest day as well. So thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. If you haven't already, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Say hi on Instagram. All of these things help boost the awareness on what it is that you've enjoyed most about this particular podcast. And this one you are in for a treat. Today's guest is Jen, an entrepreneur of seven-figure businesses for over 20 years. She launched her first business back in 2003, and she talks a little bit about this in this podcast, where she created a PR agency in London, Brussels, and Dubai. And laterally, she created a communications-focused training company in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and London. Now, she fell into entrepreneurship in 2020 and began supporting and helping other women set up and run their own businesses. And today she now owns and manages Female Fusion, the UAE's largest community for women entrepreneurs with more than 30,000 members, of which I am one of them, and a paid membership circle of close to a thousand. She's been advising UN women in the UAE for 18 months. Jen is also a regular public speaker and a commentator on entrepreneurship and economic opportunities. She strongly believes that if you show a woman how to set up and run her business, it gives her control over her future and it adds value to the economy, benefiting all of society. And I couldn't agree more. In this episode, we talk a lot about why financial mindset might be holding you back if you're a female entrepreneur listening to this and the power of podcasting and of course common mistakes that entrepreneurs make. She's seen a lot of this through the 30,000 members within Female Fusion. So enjoy this episode and I look forward to seeing your reviews on Apple Podcasts. Hi Jen, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here today. I've seen you at so many of the networking events and now I finally get you all to myself to ask you loads of questions about grown a membership and and what it's taken to to get where you are today so welcome thank you so much and yeah you're so right that we see each other all the time but we never get a chance to talk so we'll get a good half an hour to chat today yay so why don't you give everyone rather than me i always think it's nicer coming from our guest what it is that you do and kind of why we're here today okay so I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. I kind of, I I fell into the world of entrepreneurship by accident. And the reason for that is I had lived and worked around Europe and ended up going back to the UK. And when I went to London, I couldn't find a job. I thought, you know, I'd go back to London. I had all this international experience. And back then, you know, this was 2002. I kept getting told, you don't have any London experience or contacts and you don't have a British accent because I'm Canadian. 
And so back then, you know, just I wasn't appealing for companies to hire. So a girl needs a job. So I thought I might as well set up my own company, work, do some freelancing, and then hope that I'll be able to get the experience and go back into in-house work. I did that, ended up reaching out to my contacts that I had around the world, and within 18 months had a seven-figure business. So I went from, I wanted to do a bit of freelancing to having a big business that I had 15 people working for me. And I kind of fell into entrepreneurship that way. And I ended up having a business in London, a business in Brussels, in Dubai, and Abu Dhabi. So it kind of grew organically like that. So in the world of entrepreneurship, what was that business in? Yeah. So I had a a business that did, I had a PR agency and I also had a training company that focused on communications and PR, media training, public speaking, coaching, and I did that globally. So we worked kind of with very high level ministers, company executives on, on an international level. So, you know, me being a foreigner in London didn't work well for the British audience, but me being the foreigner in London worked really well for the international audience. So I was able to kind of find my niche being in London. And then in two, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, that's just a perfect example of maximizing your personal brand and, and your sort of niche in the fact that, well, you didn't fit in for the companies, but you completely, what, that, what made you different made it so much better in so many other ways. And the universe was like trying to give you that nudge. We're not we're not helping you here because you can do something so much bigger. Exactly. And it's funny, you don't see it at the time and you don't realize that the universe has a bigger plan, but that was exactly where I was suited. And, you know, the opportunities that it gave me and I traveled all over the world and I love to travel. I love to experience different cultures and countries that it was an amazing opportunity. And actually what led me to the the Middle East and the GCC region is I started doing one of the contracts that I had very early on was in Saudi Arabia. And then I expanded more and more people got to know me in that region. And then in 2008, I was asked to set up my business in Dubai. And so I was like, okay, why not? <laughs> so came to Dubai, set up my business initially for a year. And that was 2008, 2009. And 2022, I'm still here. Welcome to the club. So you you put in a good decade. There's there's more of us now because I say that because I'm coming up for 20 years now. So it's... Um, Dubai is definitely home. And I know that you've said that as well, as much as you know, you love to travel, Dubai is home for you. There's nowhere else in the world that I would want to live and it is my home. And I've actually bought a house here. I own businesses here. And for me, Dubai is the place. And the UAE is such an incredible country to own a business in as well. Mm -hmm. I could talk forever about why this is such a great country to own a business in, but very happy here. Well, let's talk about sort of one of the businesses, because you still actually have your presenting and training business. Am I right in that? Do you still have that? You still do that? I do. So I do have that. That's my other business. But my my great love is a business that I fell into in the pandemic. And that is a business called Female Fusion, which I think a number of people know about. It initially started out as a Facebook group. And then in the pandemic, it was turned into a business because there was a huge need for 
business owners to have support. And there wasn't that support within the pandemic. So we went from having it as a Facebook group to turning it into a business, licensing it. And how we started initially with it was as a membership. So created a digital membership that had a lot of face-to-face elements for it. And we found that business owners loved to come together and to connect and speak. And now today we initially started, well, the membership launched late 2020. And today, two years on, we have over 700 paying members and a wider community of about 30,000 within Female Fusion. Which is amazing. I think when I first found Female Fusion and first joined it, I think there maybe was 3,000, three and a half thousand on it. So it's amazing to think that you're you're up to that 30,000. I've got so many questions that I want to ask. I mean, fortunate to be part I am a member of Female Fusion I've come and spoken here but let's take it back a few a few years because I think people listening maybe some people actually have a community on Facebook and they might be thinking well oh this is great how can I monetize it so what are what are some tips on kind of turning because I think we've all got groups that we've kind of started at some point how can we maybe we pick that group up or see how it can actually be Uh, a revenue stream in some ways. So what are some of the steps or tips you would recommend for that? Yeah, it's really interesting you ask that because me having the experience of doing this and monetizing it, I'm always looking and I'm talking to our members about this, like, oh, you could turn that into, you know, a digital product. You could turn that into a community. You could make money off of this. And I think sometimes that if people don't know, they don't know the opportunities that exist for that. Mm. So Whether you have a community of 50, a Facebook group of 50, or you have one of 50,000, there are opportunities that you can take to, to monetize it. But the one thing that I would say at the outset is that it's not just something where you say, oh, I'm going to have a membership and make people pay a monthly subscription and think that you don't have to do any work on it. Because having a community where people are paying you to have access to that community takes a lot of work and you need a lot of personal investment because people are paying for me to show up. If you know they're in your community, Kelly, they're paying for you to show up. Mm-hmm. So when I see people say, oh, you know, I have this business, I spend, you know, 10 hours a week and I make seven figures. I don't believe that because to have a community and everybody who I know who has very profitable communities spend a lot of time nurturing that community and supporting that community. So the first thing I would say is to to, to first of all, ask yourself the question that are you prepared to put in the time mm-hmm. to nurture and love and grow that community? Because they're going to need a lot of love. And especially in the beginning, they're going to need a lot of love. People want personal access to you. They want to be able to see the value. Yeah. So, okay, that would be the first step. Make sure you're prepared to put in the time. Yeah. And when you're talking about time, I always think it's quite, when someone wants to work with me, for example, on the personal brand, and they're like, how much time do I need to put aside? And I'm like, besides what you're doing, I would love for you to have a minimum of five hours to put into personal branding initiative to start getting going. Yes. What would you say to someone that's looking to build a community? How much hours over and above what they're doing for the business do you think they need to put into that when they first start out? Oh, when they first start out, um, you're looking probably at a good 10 to 15 hours a week that you Mm -hmm. personally, as, as a business owner, would need to put in potentially more. 
depends on what you do. But then the other thing as well is that you need to put thought in in the beginning about what that membership is going to look like or what that digital product is going to look like and what people get out of it. So you want to be very clear. And I remember when I first started with the membership, I thought it was going to be one thing. And we kind of, you know, recorded some digital content, put it in a membership. We use Kajabi as our platform for our membership, kind of put it all in there, started selling memberships and it wasn't that good. You know, people joined, you know, they were supportive and they liked the live events, but the digital product side that we had wasn't wasn't great. But you learn over time. And I say to people as well that you have to expect that you're going to have a learning curve. The first membership of the first product you put out is going to be a bit bleh, and you're going to look at it afterwards and go, I can't believe I put that out. <laughs> I heard a quote, Jen, about that, by the way, your favorite. You, if your product is perfect when you put it out, you waited too long to launch it. Absolutely. You know, and it is uh, with with everything. And that's the other thing I would say as well is that you need to be prepared to go to market as quickly as possible. Now, you need to have something that that you can sell, but I'm a big proponent of selling before you make it because there is nothing worse than going and spending six months trying to have the perfect course or the perfect membership and then nobody buys it. And so you want to make sure as well that you are putting something out there that your community wants. Yeah, I really, really agree with that. I think the amount of conversations that I've had about, oh, well, I'm going to start a membership and I'm going to go and create all this first. And I'm like, sell it first and then create it. And you'll be so much more motivated to actually finish the product as well. So my very first brand new product that I launched, I sold it before I created it. Yeah. And, you know, I've done the same thing as well. And I've done the same thing with some digital products that we had for Female Fusion. There's one product that we created, which is called From Idea to Trade License, which is like a three-hour kind of masterclass, which is meant for people if they're thinking about setting up a business in the UAE that takes you from, okay, you've got this idea. This is all the stuff you need to do before you actually get your trade license, because it breaks my heart when I see people go and buy trade licenses, but they're not ready to trade and they're just wasting that money on the trade license. And it's expensive, so expensive. Absolutely. And you know, what was really funny, we did that and I said to myself, okay, if we sell five, I'm going to run with the course, right? And so within the first day, we sold five. So I thought, okay, here we go. I've got to create it. (laughs) And I said, I will be so happy with 10. We get 10. It's going to be amazing. And then the day of the course, we had like 38 people who had signed up for it. So I was like, okay, I guess there's demand. But if I wouldn't have done that, I would have spent so much time agonizing about what it was going to look like. And sometimes you just need to go for it and do it. Yeah. What do you think the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make then? That might be quite a general question. But if you think all the people that come up and speak to you at a networking event, you know, you've got, you know, every month you've got in-person coffees, you know, masterclasses, like all sorts going on. What's a running theme that you'd just like to be? Can you all just stop doing this? (laughs) What would it be? Yes. Well, I can tell you exactly what it is, because this is when I have people come up to me and they say to me, I'm not making any money. I've been doing this for a while. I'm feeling really frustrated. What I find out 99% of the time, if not 100% of the time, they haven't done their research and they haven't tested it and they haven't spoken to their ideal paying client 
to make sure that this is something that people would pay for. Mm. And this is what really surprises me is that they've gone and launched something. They've launched a business or they've launched a product or a service and they haven't validated that idea first. So it could be a great idea and you could have hundreds or thousands of people who want to buy from you, but it might also be something where people don't really want that. And you could be stuck doing this, plugging away, spending money, not making money when you could have changed it slightly and done something else. And the big mistake they make too, if they say to me, oh, I did my research, you find out that they talk to their friends or they talk to their family. And it's like, well, they're not going to buy from you. So they're telling you with love, they're telling you what they want to hear, but you need to hear from the people who are going to buy from you. I think that's a great tip. I think back to my experience and I would say a couple of things on from that because I remember asking a couple of people. I remember one person was like, that idea is never going to work. You're never going to make money. And that can be, so this was before I'd even launched it. They said that and I was like, oh, well, I disagree with you. But what was quite interesting was within six months of starting my business, my original business plan wasn't bringing in money. So I might have been one of those people that was saying to you, my business isn't bringing in money because my very first business 20 years ago was launching a personal shopping and styling agency. My target market was hotels. My target market was tourists. And that never took off. So after six months, instead of going, well, this isn't working, going, I need to pivot. This is where the audience is. It's people that actually live in this market And then it started to take off. So I think a lot of people are also very wedded to what they started with and don't go, well, how could, you know, so like you were saying with what you were doing, how your first business evolved and your personal brand and how you came across people really Mm. engaged with that internationally. So it's about pivoting with what you're doing as well as going, well, testing the market and seeing what works and what doesn't. Absolutely. And the the other thing as well, and I've had this conversation with a lot of our members in in the past few weeks as well, is that you need to have more than just one revenue stream as well, because it's very risky if you have just one revenue stream or you're selling to just one type of client or customer, if you have that interrupted in some way. And I found that out the hard way with with my business that initially a lot of my clients were oil and gas companies. And when the the price dropped in the oil and gas market, and I had clients all over the world, like they were in Africa, Asia, Middle East, Europe, North America, Australia, like everywhere. But when the oil and gas price dropped within about a 10-day period, I had lost almost all of my contracts. And these were retainer contracts as well. And so this is where, too, that you can't just be one industry. You need to look across industries. You need to look across markets because that protects you from any sort of changes or shifts which might happen in the market as well. I think that is absolutely great advice. And something when we're talking about advice and things that we've both done, and we had a little pre-podcast chat, something that we both have in common is we heavily invest in ourselves. And I don't mean our wardrobes and shoes and clothes and what have you, but invest in our business. You know, we invest in coaches. You've talked about, you know, the coaches that you've had. You've got a couple of coaches. I've had multiple coaches over the years. And um, how much that has changed my business and my outlook What's your thoughts on that? Because, you know, you're in with people who 
who do do that. And also some people, I think, who are very scared to invest even in a membership with you, rather, yes. let alone investing in a coach. Yeah. The biggest, the, the biggest growth that I have seen professionally and in my business has been when I invest in myself and invest in my business. And that can be a very hard thing to get your head around sometimes because you might think, oh, you know, I need to be tight on cash at the moment. You know, maybe things are a little bit slower. But I find that when I make that investment, so for example, coaching, I was saying to you that I have two business coaches. I have one which I work with kind of on mindset because we all need somebody to talk to sometimes to just help keep us on track. And then I have another one that I work with who's more specialized in the digital membership space and kind of really helps me elevate what I'm doing for our members. And when I invest in that, the ideas that I get, the markets that I get exposed to helps me grow the business. So I get back 10 times more, if not more, out of that investment because it gives me the the tools that I need to, to grow my business. So to be able to grow, we have to be able to invest. But it can be hard sometimes, especially depending upon what our relationship is with, with money. And I hear from women sometimes, they'll say, oh, I can't be a member of the Fusion Circle, which is our the name of our membership in Female Fusion, because my business isn't making enough money. And I'm kind of like, if your business isn't making enough money, this is you know the money that you need to spend every month to start making money. Because this is what I see from our members. And our members are all saying to me, they're like, I'm never giving up this membership because they go to meetups and they they meet people who want to buy from them or they meet people who refer others to them or they meet people who provide them with support to be able to grow their business. They are exposed to new ideas. They learn new things and how they can implement it in their business. That the value that we're giving them is thousands and thousands of dirhams worth every month, even just for things like the discounts that we get as well. That the discounts are massive, like 45% off with Aramex, first 100,000 dirhams fee-free with Stripe. That works out to about 4,500 dirhams a year just with that. Mm. So... I'll definitely be one to say on that. We'll come yeah. back to the coaching in one minute. But, you know, I've, uh, and, and I, I don't say financial amounts to in any way to to boast. It's not that. I just feel when you put a, 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 a number on it, people can understand it. And I would say I am from, from even just one presentation that I've done to Fusion members, it's brought in in excess of 20,000 US. Right? You know, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's all these things. Also, you know, like we're getting people press coverage. I've heard from some of our members, they're like, oh my God, I was on like Dubai Eye because we have links with a lot of different media and journalists. And yeah. we constantly get contacted. Hey, do you have a business that does this? Do you, could you connect us with someone there? And we're always trying to promote our members. And I hear from them as well. They're like, I was on the radio. And as a result of that, I got five clients. And you're yeah. like, See, (laughs) and we're so like, we just want to see every female business owner succeed. And that's genuinely like the the team and myself wake up every morning and it's like, how can we help? How can we use the collective good of what we have in the fusion circle to elevate all female business owners? I think that's it's, it's, it's a really good way to that just perfect part there about, I don't have enough money, but you need to invest this in order to to get what it is that you want and it's like you've got to 
yeah. part with something or give something yeah. to get something to get it back. back. You know, I, I really yeah. believe that. Did you ever read that bit? And and have you ever read Jen uh, Chincero's book, You Are a Badass? And do you remember she wrote yeah, yeah, the chapter? Yeah. She's like, when I spent, what was this, something like 7,000 US on a coach or something like that? Seven or $8,000. She said, I had never spent that much on a coach or that much investment in myself. But much like you've said, it has paid off like again and again and again 100%. and again. Yeah. And that's, you know, and we do try to make the the fusion circle really affordable just, just for that reason. But, you know, it is, it, it's, you have to spend, you have to spend on your business, but I get it as well. And, you know, the whole money side of things can be quite personal and it can be quite challenging depending upon how we viewed money growing up, that you kind of carry that with you through mm-hmm. life. And I actually, I realized this the other day that I'm, I'm pretty good. I really believe on investing in myself, investing in my business. And I see the return on investment. But I've also struggled as well, where I've always had this fear of, but what if I can't pay my bills? What if I can't pay my school fees? What if I you know, lose my house? These have all been fears of mine. And then it was actually this weekend that I realized, I was like, but I never have. You know, I've, I've been a business owner for 20 years and I have never had a period where I couldn't pay for those things. And I think what's interesting as well, as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you can look at it and go, right, okay, I have school fees coming up next month and wow, (laughs) maybe I'm a little bit short. So what can I create to go and make enough money to pay for school fees? (laughs) And that is like the cool thing as an entrepreneur that you can do that and say, okay, maybe I'm a bit short next month. What can I sell? What can I create? What can I promote? (laughs) One of my clients is exactly the same. She's like at the start of the year and she sits down with her kids and they go like, what are the holidays we want to go on? What are the cars we want to buy if that year they're buying a car? What are the things that we need to do? Or I want to upgrade this or I want to do that. And they go, right, okay, this is how much we need to make. And they go out and make it and then they buy it. Which I thought was quite a really really smart way of, of doing it. Yeah. And it is, I think as well that you need to, you need to write it down, right? You need to go and say, you know, this is my goals. These are my goals. This is what I'm working towards because it's much easier if you have a plan that you can work towards. And this is another thing as well that we really push in the fusion circle. And I do this personally as well within the business is that I set targets every single month. I track the progress every single month. I say, I'll say, you know, this is how much money we should be making in terms of turnover, in terms of profit, and set myself those goals. And if I'm not meeting that, I look at the business and go, what what happened? Why didn't I meet that? What do I need to do to change that? And I'm really trying to, within the Fusion Circle, help our members think like that. Because if you know what you have, it's much easier to grow that. You know, as I say, you it, you can't grow what you don't know. And so if you're able to track that and work towards it and have a plan, you're much more likely to achieve it. So, so, so true. I remember though, when I first started my business, and it's not necessarily a business tip I advocate getting yourself in debt, absolutely no way. But it was quite interesting when I started my business, and it's only like you said before, when you look back, you can go, oh, actually, um, those things helped me. 
And when I first started, I needed to take a loan to pay for the trade. Like, like things have changed so much more since then. I was 24, yeah. I had no money here. So I took a loan to start my business. Um, and the, the sort of the origin behind that is when I told the bank manager what the loan was for, wasn't going to tell him I was going to use it to start a personal shopping business. I told him I was <laughs> buying a car. And he said to me, what kind of car are you buying? And I was like, oh, I'd never, I never even knew what an expensive car cost. So I just said to him what I thought was the most expensive car and told him a Porsche. And he said to me, you've got great, great taste. And that was it. The funds <laughs> were in my bank account the next day or the wow. next few days. But the point of the story is I had a commitment, a financial commitment that every month I had to pay back a certain amount of money, which for someone, you know, it's different when you, you had kids. I didn't have kids. I didn't have any dependents. I was on my own. But what I did have was I had to make money. And this is something yes. I see differently from people that I have mentored and supported over the years. Those that often have a sort of a, a comfort net or know that they don't have to repay a loan back or pay for the school fees or whatever, there can be less of the drive, not for everyone, but there yeah. can be that sort of less of the, oh, I've got to get up. But I knew every single day I got to pay it was something like 3,127 dirhams, you know, that I had to pay each month. But that accountability was game changing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you need to put it out there and you need to know, you need to have a plan that you work towards. Because if not, you're just going to be sitting there. I'm so surprised. You know, I, I, there, there are certain business owners who will say to me, oh, I'm not making any money. Or, you know, I, I don't have money to join the fusion circle. And every time I see them, they tell me how they're not making money. And I'm kind of like, if you're not making money, what are you doing about it? <laughs> you know, like, don't sit around and tell me why you're not making money. Think about what you need to do to change that. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're not selling something, what can you add that people will want to go and buy? What are your targets that you can go and get there? And I would really love, that's kind of my big thing that I really, really want to empower more business owners to think like that because everybody, I want everybody to have a profitable business, not just a business, but a profitable business that can be a legacy for them and their families. Not just, hey, I have a trade license. You know, we need to make money. We're not a charity. We don't go into business to not make money. Mm, I think that's a really important point. And I actually don't think enough people talk about it, to be honest, the financial part of it. You know, oh, is it a bad thing to go? I want to make money. And I feel that that goes back to what you had said about mindset. You know, people have carried yeah. these sorts of belief with them that, oh, it's bad to say that I want to go out and earn X amount each month or I need to or I want to. So having these open discussions about, you know, this is what, you know, I managed to bring in, this is what this costs, you know, I'm spending on a coach and it's cost me this much and I'm investing yeah. this to go on, you know, a retreat next year. You know, what, yeah. these are all things that I think people need to talk about and they don't, don't do enough. How do you encourage women within the fusion circle? Cause that's the members to actually speak more then or, or speak up and, and talk about these kind of things. Well, I think I I kind of lead by example mm -hmm. as well because I talk about those things that I'm not everybody knows me that I'm not 
I'm not a super flashy person and, you know, but I also believe as well that we all deserve to have a profitable business Mm. and what's a profitable business for me might be different for you or might be different for somebody else. And we all have different goals. But one of the first things I say to people is how much do you want to pay yourself every month? Because that's important. And, And it's really interesting because I hear wildly different views from people. I had one person say to me, I want to pay myself 200,000 dirhams a month. I was like, great. <laughs> like, that's amazing. That's going to be a rock star lifestyle. That's amazing if, if you want to do that. But then other people are like, I'd be really happy to pay myself 10,000 dirhams a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's really important. So what's profitable for me is different for somebody else maybe. But what's important is we look at what that is and then reverse engineer it. Mm -hmm. Everything is reverse engineering, right? You look back and what changes do I need to do? How do I need to set up my business? So we're profitable. And you should never, ever, ever be ashamed to say that your business is making a profit, that you're paying yourself a salary. And if you want to buy nice clothes, amazing. If you want to have a great car, you great. You know, that's whatever works for you, or if you want to invest it in your house or save it, everybody has different priorities, but you work hard and you should be compensated for that. You should not be working for free. And when I hear women say to me, oh, I want to set up this business as a not-for-profit, I'm like, why? You know, like, how how are you going to live? You know, you you have to be able to pay yourself and you can still do good. Mm -hmm. You can still be a good person, do good in society, but you can still make money. Love, love, love that. And just kind of off that point there about, do you think that then people aren't, because we talked about it a little bit before, aren't thinking big enough? I mean, maybe they are if they're saying they want to earn, you know, 200K a month or beyond. Do you think that's something else that's holding people back in addition to their sort of financial beliefs? And if so, how can people think bigger? So I think you're right. I think that many people don't think big enough. And there's a number of different reasons for that. And different entrepreneurs, when I speak with them, have different reasons. One of the the big things I think is that they worry that if they think too big, that they're not going to make it and they're going to be seen as a failure Mm. or they don't want to be seen as bragging or showing off for having a big business. You know, there's different, different people have different reasons for that. But I find that if we think big, we have a goal to work towards. And I am constantly pushing myself, like my business plan changes every three months. It's crazy because I'm, you know, I'm constantly talking to people and listening about what they need. And I'm like, oh yeah, we could do that. We could look at this direction. We could do that. And, you know, I'm constantly looking for opportunities to grow and scale the business. My vision is still the same. You know, my vision is that I want to be able to help women create profitable businesses. I want us, you know, we're very passionate about the UAE. We want the UAE to be the number one place in the world for women-owned businesses. So when we have the league tables of the largest proportion of female-owned businesses, that the UAE is number one, and we want to play a role for that. 
And also as well that the UAE, and we have a lot of work to do on this, but the UAE is going to be the place where female-owned businesses get the largest amount of funding. Mm. And, you know, all of these things were, we're thinking quite big and we have big goals and we're taking female fusion globally as well later this year too. Um, because we see that's going to benefit our members as well as other female entrepreneurs around the world. So yeah, think big because the sky is the limit. You can always change your plan, but it's important to have that vision. Do you have a number on how many women? You know, some people, like I have this goal, five five people every day, I want to inspire to action. So over the course of the year and the compound effect on that, have you got a, a, a number of women that you want to see in that space or yeah well in terms of membership because I I get asked this quite a lot like what is your ideal number of members within female fusion and the fusion circle for me that's 10,000 so we're at 700 at the moment so we have a way to a way to go but I see most likely probably within the next six months we'll probably be at about 2,000 members Mm -hmm. because we have quite ambitious growth plans But what is the most important for me is that we're making a difference. So we're not just saying to people, oh, hey, we have this membership, pay us money every month and not doing anything. Like we are constantly looking at ways that we can add value, that the the business can help others. And so what is the most rewarding for me is the constant messages that we get. And I get them every day of people saying, you know, because of you, like, I've, I've made so much more money that I can pay for my kids' school fees or, oh. you know, you've completely transformed my business because Love of Fusion it. Circle. And those sorts of stories you feel very proud about. Mm. And that's really why we're, we're here as well. Um, so I would say, you know, to continue to keep supporting women and seeing that we're making a difference on the ground. But every day, we don't have a specific target every day, but we do have the bigger numbers. We always look big. And, and that's what we should be doing as well. So I want you to just kind of wrap up because you touched on that you're going global. Like I've got a whole page of notes and questions I've been writing down here as we've gone. You touched on going global. What does that look like? Tell us a little bit more. So what going global is going to be is we'll have a separate membership that will be Female Fusion International. And basically our membership will be available for anybody outside of the UAE to buy. And that will be access to our digital membership. And then we will be looking for ambassadors across several countries, cities around the world who will kind of be the face of Female Fusion locally. We will give them our frameworks for how we organize meetups. So they'll be able to have the local networking and connections. But what we see is really important, like within Female Fusion, is it's the power of community. Mm. That when you get women together, we lift each other up. And we want to collectively see everybody succeed because when we collectively succeed, everybody succeeds. And so for us to be able to have, you know, our entrepreneurs in the UAE connect with women in other countries or for women in other countries to connect with our entrepreneurs in the UAE, can you imagine how powerful that is? Like to know, you know, Kelly, for example, like maybe you're going somewhere and you're like, you know what, I would really love to do like my personal branding workshop in maybe Toronto, you go to Toronto for something and you reach out to some of our members in Toronto and they're like, yeah, Kelly, you know, we'll help you. We'll connect you, use this venue. 
And, you know, you go and you run your personal branding workshop there. So it's kind of like you have your supporters anywhere in the world to help you grow your business even further. Awesome. So we've got that in the global plans. And then next year, oh, you've just actually got back from doing a bit of prep for it. You're doing a retreat, a business retreat. Is yes. that what you would call it? In, in Mykonos. Yeah. So we have a couple of business retreats coming up. I didn't tell you about the other one, but we have our big retreat is next May mm-hmm. in uh, Mykonos, Greece. We're having a retreat for women who are high six-figure or seven-figure US dollar business owners, mm-hmm. because oftentimes there's not a lot of support for you as a business owner when you get to to this point. And there's different challenges that you have as a seven-figure business or scaling to seven yep. figures compared to a six-figure business. So part of it is going to be working on that within your business, coming up with a strategic plan on how you can really take your business to the next level. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is just self-care and looking after yourself because most women who have businesses like that are not taking the time to just shut off. And sometimes when you can slow down, it gives you the opportunity to speed up and it gives you the ideas to be able to take your business to the next level. So we have a beautiful villa overlooking the port of Mykonos. And I was there this weekend. Oh my God, it's beautiful, beautiful food. We've got our own private chef for the week. We'll be going out sailing one day. We'll be doing some island hopping. We'll have like yoga and meditation every day on the roof of the villa overlooking the sea, cooking classes, as well as, you know, all of the work within our business as well. So there's a lot of really nice coming together of female entrepreneurs. And we have some very interesting, fabulous female entrepreneurs that are coming on that. And then the thing I didn't tell you about is we're doing a second one in November in uh, Fujairah for our members. Uh, Because we've had so many people say, why why did they get to go to Mykonos? Why can't you do something for us? So we're we're working on putting something together in Fujara in early November for our businesses that are six figures or scaling to six figures and beyond. Love it. This is so good. I have so enjoyed getting to know the internet. And I honestly feel that we're like 40 minutes in, we could keep talking and talking because it's all stuff that I love. It's growth, it's supporting women, it's supporting other communities, it's being honest, it's being transparent in that space. Um, So thank you so much for spending time with me today and sharing your story and, you know, continuing to support and bring other people together. How can people find you? Share your details. Yes. So they can find us on the Female Fusion website. So our website is Mm femalefusionnetwork.com. And what we've done as well, Kelly, for everybody who's listening to this podcast is we put together some extra entrepreneurial goodies and downloads. For example, one of the things I was talking to you about was how we need to track our numbers and track our progress. So I'm going to share with everybody our SME tracker that you'll be able to use to track the progress of you and your business. So maybe you can put it in the show notes, but it would be femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash Kelly. So we'll link it all back to you. So people listening just to your podcast will get extra downloads as well. That's amazing. Thank you so much. See, they are continuing to support those that are listening and, and whenever they get a chance to listen to this. Have an awesome week. I look forward to catching up again. And uh, we will speak, obviously, before um, the big event next year. But it would be nice to come back on the show after making us and go like, this is what happened. These are the results, the power in that sort of community. And uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun taking part today. Thanks for joining us. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to this episode. Were you inspired? What was one of your key takeaways that you can action? Tag me, tag the guest in Instagram. I love to know what really got you going in this episode. If you want to know more about how you can take your personal brand to the next level, then book in for a call with me. Click the link in my bio, work with Kelly, answer the questions and learn a little bit more about how you can take your brand and business to the next level. We've got a couple of ways that you can work with us, whether it's through our brand new Accelerator Mastermind, which just been launched to one-to-one and even working with the extended team on your digital assets. If you're looking for branding when it comes to your website, social media graphics, one of the things that we're doing a lot just now is email signatures, just elevating that email with a professional looking signature at the end. We also have some incredible reviews. And did you know this week? So this is great because often when this happens when you first start a podcast, but we are over a year in, we are still, Kelly Loomer Podcast is still in the top 100 podcasts on entrepreneurship in the UK and top 15 in the UAE. And that is thanks to you, you that are out there, that are reviewing this, that are listening to it and sharing it with your friends. I appreciate it and I appreciate you. Thank you so much.